I'm going to read a few verses, well, 17 actually, um, from Colossians chapter 3. I'm reading from your life translation. It should come up on the screen. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I mean, Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. You will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you're stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. No, we've been focusing on thankfulness and thanksgiving for the past month in November. If you love that idea of thanksgiving, then you've enjoyed it. If you don't enjoy thanksgiving, then you'd be thankful that today is the last we're going to speak about it publicly from the platform. It's a win-win situation, though hopefully it's not the end of thanksgiving in our lives. We're moving into Christmas mode, which starts with the Presswick lighting up today. Thanks for all who have signed up to help us today as we serve our community. But I have a rule in my house, in my car, you don't sing or play Christmas songs until the 1st of December. So if I see any of you singing Christmas songs today, uh, I'll not be happy. You're off my prayer list for the week. So until then, so forget about Christmas for the next few minutes. Let's can he conclude us? He was on Thanksgiving, a thankfulness. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Colossae while he was imprisoned in Rome, and he's instructing the church this is how they should live this new life they're having Christ. The heading of my Bible says, Living the New Life. The problem the church at Colossae had was that some of them were just living the life, but it's more the life of Riley rather than the life of Christ that we're living. Okay, and he's telling them, When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, it wasn't an improved life. It wasn't an adjusted life. It was a new life. It was something new, something different, something brand new. Therefore, set your sights on the realities of heaven. There was a new reality come in to the church. Before, heaven wasn't real to you. You weren't going there. Heaven wasn't real to you. You didn't live for heaven's values and kingdom 
principles and priorities, but since Jesus Christ entered your life and you accepted him as Savior, something changed, a new life came into you, but a new reality should have come into your life where you focus on the realities of heaven and eternity. Because the real deal is that eternity is an awful lot longer than our time here on earth. And yet we prioritize so much the time spent on earth and what that brings us. And Paul is basically saying, what you should be focused on is that reality, that new reality, that eternity is what we live for, not for the things of earth and the values and the gains in this world. We should be living for the reality of heaven. You have been raised to new life with Christ. What a status symbol that is. We talked earlier about identity. That's our identity. We have been raised to new life in Christ as children of the living God. Who we are is who we are in Christ. We are children of a loving God. We have been raised to new life with Christ. That's a great statement. However, there's a word that comes before that, which is since. Since you have been raised with Christ. From now on. Don't sing the song. Something changes when since comes into your world. You have been raised in your life in Christ. You're a child of loving God. You're seated in heavenly places. That's a privilege. With privilege comes responsibility. Since that has happened, things have to change. You need to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. You die to the old life. Your real life is hidden with Christ and God. He's basically saying, get real, live for the realities, the new reality of a different kingdom where you honor the king of that kingdom. You live for his values, his goals, his desires. It means that new reality brings a new reaction into life in this world. Paul goes on to list some of the changes which should take place in a new way of thinking. Put on your new nature. Note, you put on your new nature. Before we came to faith in Christ, we couldn't happen. There wasn't that life force within us where we could change and bring his kingdom and his values and his principle. We just lived that old selfish life. But something changed where he came to live inside us. A new reality came in where there's a kingdom of heaven living within us. And he says, you need to put on your new nature. You choose what you display to the world. The reality is we all made a choice today of what we would wear, how we would display ourselves to the world. Obviously, some made better choices than others, but we're not going to go there today. But we all made a choice of what we would wear and what we would display to the world. We might have asked our spouse or our parents or even our children. Can, can I give, just give a bit of pastoral advice to wives in the house? Never ask your husband, which of these two things should I wear today? It's unfair, it's loaded, and there's never going to be good consequences. And as we want unity as one of our culture values in this house, please take it from me. Never ask your wife, which of these two should I wear? Ask your husband, which of these two outfits should I wear? Because whatever one you pick, it's why? What's wrong with the other one? Don't I look good in that other one? Is there something wrong with that other? Please don't go there. It's just so unfair to ask a husband that question. That might be the only thing some people remember today, but it is important. It can change. It can transform your marriage. Okay. okay. You may live married for 64 plus years if that is advice you follow. We might have taken advice from other people. 
We might even go on with what they said or just how they looked when we put something on this morning. But the truth is, we all chose what to wear. So as with our spiritual life, we might get advice from others, we might be influenced by others, but we can't blame others for what we display to the world. We have to put on our new nature. We need to react differently. And the more you choose to put on the new nature, the more like Jesus Christ you become. And Paul goes on about a comparison here. He says, the world judges and looks at us differently. They look and judge us by our qualifications, by our dress, by how we look, that type of thing. It's an earthly, human, fleshly way of looking at it. He says, but in this new life, we shouldn't judge like that. He's going on to say, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. He lives in all of us. That bit of God in us, that's all that matters. He's saying in this new life that you lead, but let me just say that in this new life, church, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, black or white, man or woman. If you dress up or dress down, as long as you dress. If, you vote, if you're a capitalist or a socialist, if you're a nationalist or a unionist, if you like classical music or indie music, whether you have a PhD or whether you can't spell PhD, whether you can speak Chinese or whether you just eat Chinese, whether you want England to win the World Cup or whether you don't want England to win the World Cup, it doesn't matter as long as you're left to display the new nature of Jesus Christ and his glory and his reality. That is all that matters in the earth. Since you have this new reality, you need to remember that since you is only because of sin's God. Since you have this new power within you, this new life, this new wardrobe, this new way to live, since God has done so much for you, since he's given you this new life, since he's done all this, you need to recognize it's not about you, it's only because sin's God chose you to be his holy people who loves. You must clothe yourself with this new wardrobe of clothes he gave us. He gave us new clothes. Isaiah 61, 10 says, I'm overwhelmed with the joy, with joy in the Lord, my God. He has dressed me with clothing of salvation. He's draped me with a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. I, we were unrighteous before God, but he gave us a robe of righteousness. But then we need to put that on a daily basis and work that out and live that righteousness. He gave us a new wardrobe of clothes. It was like a chip shop, swap shop without the chips that he gave us. Okay, it's, it's an interesting concept that uh, I'm, I'll, be, I'll try and be careful how I say it, okay? When you do that, uh, for those who don't know, the women in our church had a chip shop, swap shop thing a wee while ago, where they brought clothes and swapped clothes. I'll take that, you take that. And I don't mean this unkindly, but clothes that you took are obviously clothes that other people didn't want to wear anymore. Okay, I, 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 I don't like that anymore. Okay, so basically when you take something, you're wearing something that some devils doesn't really want, or doesn't really like, okay? But you know the wardrobe that God gives us? Everybody should look at the robes that we wear and say, you oh, know I want that. I want to wear that, right? I want to wear that, right? I want to wear what they're wearing. I want to look like that. I want to look and wear like that. And that's what the new clothes that he gives us is, that we should look that people, people should look at us and say, you know what, I want to be like that. I want to wear what they are wearing. I want to display to the world what they are displaying to the world. Because we react differently. We choose to put on tender-hearted mercy, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. We choose to react differently because of the new clothes, the new wardrobe, because we live for a new reality. We have a new reaction when other things are happening in the world. We don't react the same way. We need to put on that mercy, that kindness, that humility. We need to make allowance for each other's faults. I know you don't have any, but the person beside you does have faults. But you need to make allowance for other people's faults. You need to forgive anyone who offends you. Listen here. That's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. It's not easy to wear that cloak of forgiveness. And do you know the reality that I've found in my life? Sometimes I've wore it, but I don't fit it. It's too big for me. It's too big for me. When you're wearing something that's too big, it's not comfortable. You don't feel right. But you know, but you still choose to put it on and grow into it so that it does become comfortable. And forgiveness is a cloak we need to put on and we might feel uncomfortable in it. We might feel this doesn't affect me. This is not me. I'm not really feeling it right now. But you know what? As you grow in God, you'll be able to move into that so it fits you. But you need to keep forgiving. Every day you need to put on forgiveness from people. Listen, forgiveness will just damage you. It hurts you. It damages you. It doesn't damage other people. But you need to put on a cloak. Somebody in here needs to put on a cloak of forgiveness. And even though it's not comfortable, you still choose to forgive. It's not a feeling, it's a choice you make. I'm going to choose to forgive. And the trust is earned, but forgiveness is something we have to do. Listen, somebody needs to hear that. You must forgive others. It's not optional. And he says, above all, clothe yourself with love. And listen, see, when we wear it well, the heavenly wardrobe, others look at us and then they say, wow. 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 And we need to do it because we have a new responsibility to reflect him. Above all these things, put on tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, forgiveness. He says, and always be thankful. You know, there'll be times we need to put on a cloak of patience. I need to grow into that an awful lot of times. There'll be times we'll need to put on a coat of kindness. There'll be times we need to put on a coat of forgiveness. There's a times we need to put on coats of humility. There's things we need to put on a coat of making allowance for other people's faults. But we always should have a coat of thankfulness on. There'll be times we need those others, but he says he is always be thankful. Always be thankful. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I always say, thank you, Lord, for the gift of another day. Thank you for sparing me and thank you for giving me another day because some people don't wake up that morning. Thank you for a gift of another day. And when I lay my head in my pillow, my head on my pillow at night, I always think of something to be thankful for that day. Some days are easier than others. But relatively speaking, it's not difficult to think of one thing that day to be thankful for. It's not difficult to wake up and say, thank you, God. My challenge is between those two moments in my day to continue to be thankful. It's easy in the morning to say, thank you, God, for another day. It's relatively easy at night to say, thank you, Lord, for something that happened that day. But my challenge is between that time and that time is to adopt an attitude, to crone myself with a thank you attitude all through those hours. And listen, because I should always be thankful. Always be thankful. And when we're struggling to be thankful, 
Paul says, and basically saying, I appreciate it's not always easy to be thankful, but when you're struggling, just let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. I.e., see when you can't even think of something good and to be thankful for, just think of the message of Jesus Christ, the Son of God who left heaven and came to earth and took on human form and walked about for 33 years doing good and then hung on a cross and get beaten to a pulp at a whipping post and he hung on the cross to save you getting punished, to give you an eternity with heaven. If you've got nothing else to be thankful for, just to think of the message of Christ that once I was a sinner and I was bound for hell, eternity is separated from God, but Jesus Christ stepped into my world and was prepared to go through a beating and hang on a cross and take all my sin and my guilt and my shame and my rubbish and my faults and cause me to receive the righteousness of God, to stand before God forgiven, cleansed, righteous, and able to come into the presence of God, not because of anything I've done, but despite all the rubbish I've done, simply because he done that one Friday afternoon, and then he rose on Easter Sunday just to say, I want to give you all the blessings in heaven and let you know that you're forgiven, that you're cleansed, and there's a new life awaiting for you. And until you come and meet me in heaven, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to be Satan. I'm going to live with you all through your life life and I'm going to be with you no matter what comes, no matter what happens to you. And if you've got nothing else to be thankful for, that's enough to say thank you, 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 thank you. Always be thankful, Paul says. The band are going to come up so we can be thankful together. He says, one, number one, always be thankful. Number two, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Sing songs with thankful hearts, okay? Not an attitude on Sunday. I didn't like that song. I don't like that song. Okay, worship's not good for me today. Let me just give another pastoral word. Worship's not for you. Worship should be about him, for him, to him. And it doesn't matter what song you're singing. It says, sing songs with thankful hearts. And not just on a Sunday. It's not just about singing, it's great when we come collectively on Sunday, but every day we should be singing songs of thankfulness. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. He said it twice, and then he encourages them again. He declares, whatever you do or say, in church, I'm adding this bit, in church, at work, out shopping, by watching your football team, while out socializing, when the sun is shining, when it's cold, when it's dark, when the people are smiling at you, when you're with people, when you're on your own, when you're on the streets of Presswick, when people are happy and smiling, when people are complaining, it says this, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Because you don't live for that. You live for the realities of heaven. You live for kingdom principles and values. You live with a new reaction that you don't react how people react. You react with a thankfulness today. Remember, as you go on the streets today and press it, and it's a privilege to be able to be able to help share and stewarding of the streets as press it does the light up. But remember, you represent your light, but above all, you're a representative of Jesus Christ. And you all should... But should do it. It says, do whatever you're doing, do it, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Three times Paul says, give thanks. Recognize all that we have, all that we are, is through Jesus. 
And since we have been elevated to children of a living God and raised in your life, remember it's only because since God done it all for us, we have a new reality where we live for heaven. That should prompt a new reaction within us that we put on a new wardrobe, even though it's uncomfortable and doesn't fit us at the time. But we also have a new responsibility to represent him well, but also to always, always, always be thankful. Let's finish by being thankful. And let's leave here being thankful. Today, if we can help you in any way, please come and speak to us at the end of the service. Today, we're finishing our theme of thankfulness, but it's not a theme, it's a lifestyle. Always, always, always. The original Hebrew and Greek for that always is always. Always be thankful.